Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Hello. Hey, Liana. How are you? All right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Thank you for taking some time here and uh, joining the Toddcast in Vancouver, Canada. No problem. So it's like four o'clock there? It's four o'clock. Yeah. Look at your background. It's awesome. What is going on in this room? Oh, this is where I shoot my YouTube content. This freaking rules <laughs> so many things that i change it up every once in a while that's rad yeah uh okay so i want to rip through the stuff that like because i was you know obviously doing a little bit of digging to find out who you are and what you're all about mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. but so you just mentioned the youtuber but you're uh you're the host of a of it's not therapy yeah analyst yeah game developer. I, and i'm a peer counselor in uh conjunction with it's not therapy Wow. So yeah. what, what eats up most of your time? Like, well, what is your, what does a typical day look like for you? Well, Wednesday, Thursday are client days. And then Monday is the show. Okay. And then Tuesdays I do Twitch and Fridays are sort of the catch up day for the week. Wow. And so what yeah. do you like best? Oh God. You know what? I'm one of those people that need the change. <clears throat> so yeah. it's, I mean, the, the mental health stuff is obviously really rewarding. But it can be, I mean, this week there was somebody who almost broke up in the long-term relationship. Somebody's mother died, you know, all, all the stuff. And so having the other things like playing Yakuza Kiwami 2 in the same <laughs> week I'm doing that for people is awesome, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I would imagine like for the therapy side of, of things, like how hard is it for you to not get so caught up in their world that it, like not to be a dick, but it it's drags a, you down. It's, it, it's a learned skill. Right. To sort of put it away. It's like yeah. the Samwise Gamgee thing. I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. Right. Right. And uh, there's a principle. I can talk about this in the show if you want. There's a principle called the dignity of risk. Oh, we're already this is, we're already doing the show. Oh, hello. OK, <laughs> so um, uh, principle called dignity of risk that um, uh, it's ultimately up to the client to decide what they want to do, what direction they want to go. And because it's ultimately their choice, you Mm. know, you go over it with them, but these are adults. I don't work with youth. I don't work with kids. So these are adults. They make their own choices and, you know, stuff can get tough, but like anything, resilience is a skill. And if I didn't have it, I'd be a really lousy example for other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, uh, you know, if you don't want it, you're, you're not going to get it even if somebody throws it in your face kind of thing. Well, I mean, every so often, obviously something hits you. You're human, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really big on boundaries. I went through my own experiences with trauma therapy back in 2012, 2013. And that's one of the things I set, like boundaries, right? And that's a big one. You don't let someone push you off your equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, well, sometimes it happens. Yeah, sometimes it happens. And that's where the self-compassion component comes in. If I start feeling myself walking around carrying somebody else's stuff, it's like, all right, 
that's my responsibility. Let's cut that out. This isn't this isn't my life, right? Mm-hmm. There's a humility element of I don't know, it's kind of arrogant to think you're you're responsible for somebody else's life because while that may be carrying some of the burden for them, it's also removing any credit they get from the equation. I don't even say I'm helping people. I say I'm providing tools. Mm-hmm. And so what is it you're hoping that people who listen to It's Not Therapy will walk away with? The mental health doesn't have to suck. but it doesn't have to be you know the past i don't know if you've ever been in a therapist office but that faded pastel paint that looks like pepto-bismol and the floral kleenex box and that very like i'm a loser vibe and therapy is really important for people who have it but i call what i do emotional nutrition so therapy is medicine what i do is mental health nutrition and if you don't do you know the diet exercise get enough sleep no doctor in the world can help you Mm. that's where I come in. It's sort of like personal training and nutrition for your, your mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably get a, a, a ton, you know, with all the stuff that you do, if you could only do one thing, cause I'm sure they, they must fulfill in different ways, which like, what would you do if you could only do one thing? I, I, oh God, I probably do that, but they all, they all tie together. Right. Because the, it's not therapy concept came out of the fact that my Twitch streams were becoming group therapy sessions. And I was getting a little concerned about the amount of personal information people were divulging in a public forum. So I'm sure. like, let's try it. I did peer counseling back in the day when I was still in school. Let's see if we can do a reasonable fee. You know, I started off at $25 is now up to 40, but that's a lot cheaper than a therapist. And let's see if it works. Right. And it it did. We've got people getting you know, things they can use for a session. And then, you know, they're making gains, substantial gains uh, in weeks and months, not years and decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so getting into the the game developer side mm-hmm. of, of what you do, what's your first memory of video games? Uh, I was three years old and I wanted to play Pac-Man, right? Which I called Bucka Bucka. <laughs> yeah, and coin op machines yeah i'm dating myself now but coin operated video game machines were magic but i couldn't reach i couldn't even climb up on those stools they had in the arcade so my mother used to lift me up uh so she gets all the blame and all the credit for my video game obsession uh and so i i could i could play pac-man and you know chuck e cheese it shared a mall back in the day magic just the best and to this day i love those you know those glass top table oh yeah player i love those things i could reach those on my own right those i could do (laughs) what do you have do you have those you said or you want to have no they're like three grand for a reproduction i'd love one but you got to maintain those too yeah big time well don't they have them now where they have like the you know 1200 games or whatever some shit in it right yeah, they have those. That, like I said, the reproductions. And I'm a bit of a purist because those are, I'm going to drop a ton of technical terms. Those are old CRT okay. monitors and everything like that. They suck a ton of power oh. is the other problem, right? So my retro video game purist tendency, you see the Apple too in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my purist tendencies are not exactly environmentally friendly. So it's like... <laughs> do I really need an ego piece? You, you see, there's a lot. Yeah. 
already. So I have the little, instead I have the little, um, I think it was made by uh, Coleco or something like that. The home game. Yeah. Turn it on next to Pac-Man. That's yeah. that's retro. And exactly, the Nintendo yeah. Power Glove and the ROB and all that it, stuff. So had like, all that oh, shit as a kid. Like, what was your what was your house like as a kid growing up for all that? Like, you started Atari and you went through ColecoVision and television and all that. See, I grew up in the Jane Finch part of Toronto. We didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So we had an Atari. Uh, we had an Atari. Um, we had a Sega, not a Nintendo. My friends had a Nintendo. Like every like different kids in the neighborhood would have different systems totally right so one person had the uh um commodore 64 and i'd go over there and play this this is really nerdy a game called mule it was an early resource management game yeah uh and then another friend had crystal castles which was the coolest thing uh what was it star girl one of the characters was playing crystal castles in one of the things and i was like what crystal castles i freaked right out and uh, then somebody, you know, somebody else had Nintendo for Mario. And I have very, very strong memories of uh, playing Super Mario Brothers and listening to Tarzan Dan on AM680 mm. back in the day. And Dan's a friend of mine now. So that's like, that's, that's a cool. very, very vivid memory from childhood. Yeah. It, and then, you know, the PlayStation era happened. And uh, I actually missed a lot of the Nintendo consoles because I went to PC gaming. And oh, so did you? Oh. Sort of, yeah, I had to go back and kind of uh, catch up on GameCube. But I mean, the, the original PlayStation was a game changer with the polygon-based 3D graphics. And I mean, that's what people think of gaming now. But yeah. back in the day, games were hard, right? There was no guarantee that you could complete them. And I just got the Cowabunga collection, the Ninja Turtles thing. I went yeah, back cool. and played. It's like, oh, yeah, this. We did this for fun back then. Us Gen X kids were tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, uh, you know, behind this, well, not behind the scenes. Of course, he's right standing beside you as a proud husband. But along the way, of course, you were married to mm -hmm. Stephen Kersner, who is mm -hmm. Ed the Sock. Mm -hmm. So how mm -hmm. did you meet him? And was it? Was it love at first sight or like what was how did how did the relation start start? It, I mean, it sort of was. I won't get into too many gory details, but we met at a at a like the equivalent of a really lousy nightclub. He was doing live stuff and it just sort of happened both the working relationship and the, you know, the romantic one. Uh, and uh, well, you, you were know, working worked together. That's how you met him. Well, he was doing club stuff and I actually like volunteered for six months uh, okay. with the uh, over a summer uh, with the Just for Laughs Festival and a few other things on the show. Uh, I have a dance background. I was a competitive dancer. So I originally went in trying to uh, up the production values on the, the dancers in the show. And it was one of those things of, OK, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And I, I started writing and I built sets and because I'm a theater nerd as well. Uh, and, and then we did like a switcheroo day just as a joke on one episode, everybody sort of changed places. And so I did a, a co-hosting stint. And then when the previous host, Craig Campbell left, cause his career took off as a stand up in England, it was like, well, let's try something different. I was a gender swap before it was cool. Right. <laughs> with, with casting, but that one worked. Nice. Uh, yeah. So of course you're known for 
you know, creating content. And so I'm curious when, like when you find time to, to actually sit in front of the, the tube or, or whatever it is, like, what are you binge watching right now? Right now? Well, I just finished uh, catching up on Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. That's such a good show. I yeah. love that show. Uh, Cuphead on Netflix because I played Cuphead? the game and now I watch the show. Oh, yeah. It's this How's old. That? It's a 30s style cartoon based on a video game partially made out of Oakville, Ontario. It's, uh, you know, like uh, Max, the, like um, Felix the Cat, classic Mickey Mouse, classic yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers, Fleischer Brothers, uh, Superman cartoons. It's that style cool. of animation. And so it's it's two brothers, Cuphead and Mugman, who <laughs> uh, accidentally sell their souls to the devil at a carnival. And it's these madcap adventures breaking their soul contract so you need a little bit of weed then i'm allergic to weed <laughs> no way are you really I, oh i'm God. super allergic to weed how do you find out you're allergic to weed uh being around it and having very very bad things happen <laughs> oh my god yeah nice. i'm resistant to morphine and allergic to weed there's a reason i do this i have no fun otherwise <laughs> Wow. And and so looking in the background and all you I mean you're obviously you're a comic book geek too. Yeah, people get mad at me because I have Marvel and DC stuff mixed up in the, the background, oh, but I don't judge. Me, Yeah, Marvel yeah. superior, but you don't just dismiss well, DC. Okay, Marvel extended content. It used to be uh DC was better on TV, Marvel was better on um on and movies, but the Disney Plus stuff is sort of change that up we'll see when james gunn gets gets his chance to work his magic on dc but i mean i read a co-coo or ceo isn't he yeah no. yeah he, after... he's in a position to actually make change yeah they just unveiled his plans but it starts in like 2025 right right but i started okay, like, with spider-man like, why does it take so long like what well they got to develop it right it's starting like, from scratch it like that's it's a big risk right that making people wait that long because people are going to forget if the flash isn't a good movie if what's the oh aquaman he's mm -hmm. going to wear that rightly or wrongly that's the unfortunate thing about media is everybody can consume it and there's no like degree in television reviewing so opinions are like you know assholes everybody's got one yeah, yeah. and Ooh. you you gotta sort of get used to that as you know i'm sure doing doing this show you oh, just yeah. get some really unenlightened opinions oh yeah everything's yeah. welcome why not yeah and, and you were mentioning something I, I cut you off there sorry about that you were mentioning something about spider-man and oh and i started with uh spider-man comics but then oh. i went hardcore into dc for a while which is i mean the specters back there Mm -hmm. I love the Spectre. Um, but yeah, I, I like those like second stringer, third stringer mm. characters. I mean, I love Superman. I love, well, less and less Batman. I love Wonder Woman. But stuff like, you know, Modoc, which I thought was never going to be adapted. But now he's in um, Ant-Man. He was in the Ant-Man trailer. Right. And then like Fin Fang Foom and the Spectre and like Guardians of the Galaxy, Moon Knight right and yeah like Doom Patrol were guardians all of the galaxy red. like what what they're making a guardians of the galaxy movie and then they crush with it like and they changed a lot but the time. changes were good right yeah big time and yeah. Dude, what did you think of the uh 
or maybe you didn't see it did you this, this see the the sandman the sandman was tough for me because it's hard to go back to things you loved as a teenager yeah and so it was sort of like a you know a freedom 55 commercial of coming back to where i was at when i was like 16 right. now so it was sort of like he's a jerk yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean i love gwendolyn christie so i watched for her yeah she's um lucifer she's right. uh brianne of tarth and then she's in wednesday as well wednesday is fantastic that's you know? next uh, that's next for us we're it's just wrapping up fantastic uh, yeah uh, young sheldon is what we're watching as a family okay. right now. it's pretty yeah. funny yeah it, overall it's pretty funny and the, and then wednesday's the next and, it, and we're hearing nothing but like it is amazing yeah wednesday's great i hope people don't oversell it for you because i went in cold yeah. and it was fantastic i i have this thing when something's overhyped it's like that was really good and also extremely overrated totally you like know? it can ruin stuff like it don't can. you you have to go in like it doesn't matter if you get good or bad reviews of something like nobody ever has your exact taste ever i'm one of those people that when something's like three out of five or like 75 out of 100 i tend to love those totally yeah, yeah I feel the, the same way yeah uh, back quick to the superpowers and all that superheroes which power would you want oh which power would i want i know right so many awesome powers yeah they all i mean i know i wouldn't want to be able to read minds because i'd hear what everybody's <laughs> thinking about me and it's like a constant like dream chat over and over and over again yeah. i don't know it's tough they're like cool ones right like america chavez's ability to punch the dimensions that's pretty cool pretty rad. but you know at the same time i i was a big poison ivy fan back in the day but how cool is growing vines really you know mm. toxic toxic kisses i don't know post me too maybe <laughs> problematic martian manhunter's powers are pretty cool being able yeah. to phase through things yeah green, a green lantern ring would be awesome oh my god like the almost i don't know if you could beat it really well depending like you're, you're, on the weakness to different rings right different truly i mean you're like you're different. you're at the mercy of like your thoughts and yeah it's your imagination yeah, and like, i love how in the green lantern comic the different green lanterns have had different relationships with their rings like kyle rayner was an artist but uh john stewart was in the military and an architect so their powers are different that was yeah. awesome now I'm wondering what my Green Lantern projections would be. Those would be some pretty interesting constructs based on my background. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Big time. Uh, okay, switch gears here to uh, music. What's what's it being played in your house as a kid when you're growing up? Oh, as a kid, uh, I got I was one of those kids that made fun, got made fun of for liking ABBA, and now ABBA's having this huge resurgence. So it's like Revenge so of the Music Nerd. Yeah, but. I was a competitive tap dancer, so jazz was big. Uh, I went through a big grunge phase at the same time I was watching, mm. reading Sandman, right? Mm. Um, I was always on the periphery of the boy band thing. I went along with it because, you know, New Kids in the Block was the boy band when I was a kid. Right. Um, but then, you know, because of where I grew up, there's a lot of reggae, a lot of classic hip hop, like 90s hip hop has been really foundational for me. Right now, I'm on a big electro pop kick. Which, oh, uh, sorry. Um, no, that's wrong. Um, stuff like Pavlov's uh, Pavlov Stellar. It's like old school swing music, electro swing, maybe it's called. 
but they put it to like a dance beat now it's awesome stuff yeah like a a remix or whatever kind of yeah yeah it it puts this sort of hitch on it it's really really sweet tunes that's fun And, and what was your first concert you went to oh geez it wasn't a boy band it probably was just because I'd be allowed to go. Right. Um, it could have been New Kids in the Block. I don't know. That's sort of a haze because I was, you know, competitive dance. And so it's like, I can't remember going to all those things and then working at Much Music. It all uh, it all blurs together. Right. Yeah, fair. Electro and- swing is the genre of music. I just looked it up. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and are you big in sports? Like you, you're a big fan of the Leafs or anything like uh, that. Or I used to play basketball, so Raptors is what I watch more than anything when I have time. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I have the score update widget on my phone. I do do that, but right. you know, I don't watch as much as I'd like to. Um, hockey, I, I, it's expensive to go to hockey. I know, Holy right? Shoot. Dude, it costs. I, I took me, my wife, my two kids. Parking, couple beers, you know, some popcorn, and everything else, about seven hundred. Yeah. Like holy shit, you can't do that too many times in a season. Yeah, I mean, we got like the the Marleys and things like that here. If you want to go to like double A, like junior hockey, yeah, that's good because then you can watch a game and and not break the bank, and you know, you're supporting local community as well. And and often in those leagues you'll find that they're playing even harder because they want to make the bigs. So Canadian it's almost juniors, more exciting. Yeah. Right? Canadian yeah. juniors are good. Yeah. Yeah. Play big time. Yeah. 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 All right. I, I want to respect your time, Leanna. So I'll ask you a few more questions and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Uh, who's the most famous person you met and how'd you meet them? Oh God. Define famous. I don't know. I mean, one of the coolest people I met was Edward James almost. Oh, cool. He was awesome. He was the Great first actor. guy I ever heard that race was a social construct from. Mm. And at the time, like, what is this guy on? He's like, race isn't real. It's a, cre- you know, it was a creation by, you know, the various colonial powers. And I went back and I looked it up. It's like, if Edward James almost tells me something, I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was. Mm. He was like a real presence. He's one of the ones I remember. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of like big, big, big stuff. Mark Hamill's an amazing guy. Come on. You've met Mark Hamill? Oh, Mark. I've been to Mark Hamill. Okay. I don't want to brag. This is so trashy. When we were doing the late night show, we interviewed Mark Hamill at his house. It was when episode one was about to come out. But Mark Hamill did a really good comic book called The Black Pearl. And so it was, we don't want to talk to you about Star Wars. We'll talk to you a little bit, but we want to talk about your comic book. He's like, yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. And him and the late Stan Lee, nicest guys in the world. And they remember people. Oh, my God. But like. Stan Lee, too? Stan Lee was a very, very sweet man. Stan was a showman, right? The thing that was killer about Mark Hamill is not only is he such a good voice actor that he sat with the cells, production cells of the different characters he did. Just sat with them on his lap, dropped them like Bob Dylan flashcards and just flipped through the voices. And that is so hard to do. But he is the chillest, most humble guy. He still gets excited by stuff. He still loves other people's work. And he 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 just, he has no ego. He has a great sense of humor about himself. 
Amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, I would nice. be such a freaking spaz, like fanboy, big time. He'd be like, "This dude's got to get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I, I'm I'm worse with game developers. Oh yeah. When I meet them, because it's just, you know it's it's a professional thing with actors. It's like I guess it's that callous you get. Cause you got to play it cool. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, the the things that were heartbreaking is every musician I, I love that I met was a complete jerk. I won't name names, but the pop princesses that I wasn't the biggest fans of at first, nicest people. And so uh. I got a new appreciation for pop acts just because they weren't horrible. I mean, meeting the Smashing Pumpkins was a life destroying experience back in the day. <laughs> they were mean to me oh, and no. and sometimes you know being a woman in in game development um people assume things and yeah. so i'm like please don't be mean to me please don't be mean to me i've had mostly good experiences or only a few i won't name names but only a few that have been real jerks most yeah. of them are pretty good and and really um really open to talking about what they do because they don't get to do it a lot mm -hmm. right so i mean there's so much talent in canada alone mm. right and on on so many prongs i mean so many of the the marvel actors are coming out of canada right and and people i think people don't realize that's acting but like imagine taking a character that someone out there loves right and having to embody that like, I don't know how you convince someone that you are Thor. That's hard, like, <laughs> right? Never like mind doing... Like, what? Oh, my God. I could see it. Tons of pressure. Yeah, but I mean, that's the same thing, right? It's like, convince people that yeah. you're them. And these guys are so good at it that now people can't see them as anything but. That's a skill. That is a skill. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Liana, tell us a near-death story. You're like, holy crap, I could have just died. I have a lot of those. <laughs> uh, I almost died of gangrene when I was 16 years old. Yeah, my appendix ruptured and uh, didn't they didn't get it till after it ruptured. So the test didn't come back recognizable. And I ended up in the hospital with like a tube down my nose. But yeah, oh, that yeah. was one. Uh, another. Um, I'm I'm blanking on them. I mean, another it turned it, it turned out, you know. I was allergic to the chicken pox virus. So I Ooh. broke out in massive hives. That was awesome. I'm forgetting some. The minute I end this, I'm going to be, oh, oh, yeah, that other oh, time yeah. I almost died. Well, that's why I ask, because everybody has one. Yeah, yeah. I've had more than my share. I mean, the ginger thing is kind of <laughs> real. We have weird reactions to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How are you in the sun? How's your relationship with that guy? Bread for cold, dark places. <laughs> it's like hat and like wrapped up like Larry from Doom Patrol. Like, oh, yeah, five minutes in yeah. July, I'll start getting pink. Yeah, yeah. All right, wrap it up. Last one. Um, career highlight. <laughs> could oh, you pick? Man. Could you pick it down to one? I mean, the the reaction to Fromage was really uh, we got no credit from it with for with from within much music, but just you know, producing something and putting together and being an integral part of something that people just connected to so strongly mm -hmm. was was pretty cool. I mean, retroactively, it probably feels better than it did at the time because it was so exhausting. But that's that's definitely it. And then, you know, more recently, just 
be, being able to contribute to the mental health space and mm-hmm. hearing people say, you know, your show, it doesn't BS, it doesn't sugarcoat, it just gives people the real talk. I mean, those are two very extremely different rewarding experiences. But, you know, every so often you get a message from somebody and they're like, I was having a really hard time. You made me laugh. I was contemplating suicide. I discovered your content. It got me through. That's you don't get paid for that, especially in Canada. But I don't care what anybody says. Anybody who creates content on some level, if they're not a narcissist sociopath, that's the goal, right? Because there are way easier ways to make money. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so what's the easiest way for, you know, out east they can pick you up, but we can get you here. In, in, out, yeah, uh, wherever wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Podbean is sort of populated, but it's on Spotify, it's on Apple, it's on Google. It's it's not therapy. Sometimes you have to put in with Leanna Kersner. But yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast and get it that way. I mean, okay. you can listen. You can listen via streaming, but everything's passive now, so it's better to sign up and get the notifications. Oh, big time! Is there a website for you as well? There, well, not therapyshow.com is there. If you want to submit a question, we're still building it because we want to oh, cool. do this like community thing. So we're doing it right, and we're we're trying to make sure all the back end is in, so we don't break it after it's been up for two years. But yeah. yeah. That'll be up soon. If people do want to submit questions for the show, they can do it there, though. There's a contact form on nottherapyshow.com. And Not Therapy Show on Instagram, Not Therapy Show on Twitter. I'm on TikTok, but I'm still learning, so I don't talk about it. <laughs> but, just yeah. the dances. <laughs> well, it's more I'm trying to figure out how it works. I keep oh posting God. videos with no sound. I figured out how to put music over video of my cats. So Great. I feel like that's a, a, an achievement. Yeah. Like a n- nice cat channel. Just one more cat channel that we all need, right? Well, on Instagram for the longest time, that's all I did. It was my cat pictures. I wasn't me. And then when Twitter started going, I'm like, ah, oh, better get an Instagram. But I don't like it. Right. I actually like Twitter. I'm weird that way. I don't mind Twitter. So do you do you use your personal, the red Leanne K, Leanna K on Twitter? Are you on very often? Oh, I'm on Twitter a lot just because this is an interesting story. I got called out by J.K. Rowling and got horrendously dogpiled. And so I got pulled into the whole transgender debate. And now uh, I do a lot of signal boosting and, and, you know, like informative posts trying to trying to insulate some people against the brain worms, because that is that's one of those for me um kind of icebreaker issues that people don't know a lot and it's easy to it's easy to say things to people that sound like they make sense they sound factual but it's like that Stephen Colbert's truthiness thing yeah yeah so if I can help a few people because I I do sympathize with people who are like no matter what I say I get yelled at somebody's telling me I'm a bigot I just want to know how I don't get yelled at. And I really sympathize. And so I try to, you know, and and keep it fun. And then I post a lot of pictures of like cat videos and chinchillas and ducks and little small animals. There's this um, translated cats is one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Mm -hmm. They're translating from things like Indonesian and Japanese and like Swahili and stuff. People's captions on cat pictures. 
and sometimes <laughs> they go horribly wrong. It's just fantastic. Awesome. Well, excuse me. Thank you again for doing this tonight and uh, and hanging out with us for a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Uh, anything you'd like to, to to say to wrap things up, and we'll put a little bow on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, don't be shy. If people are if Come people are uh, Twitch fans, I stream six o'clock my time Tuesday nights, which is uh, 3, 3 p.m. Um, yeah, time. Pacific time. If you want to come check that out, I'm playing through Yakuza Kwame 2 now. Um, but yeah, Twitter um, or yeah, send me an email, send me a message through the contact form on nottherapyshow.com. If you have a mental health question, um, it's not just about, oh, I have depression. Oh, I have anxiety. It's I'm an artist. How do I get my work published? Right. I'm a content creator. How do I get started? Half, mm. half my practice is, uh, artist management and like career coaching. So yeah. Anybody who feels sort of stuck needs a boost. Send me a message. Very cool. Sounds like you have a very, very busy life. I like it that way. Feels familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, say hi to Stephen for me. Uh, and I guess we'll see you online. Yes. Great. Thanks nice, so much. Nice okay. chat. Have a great night. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.